You're listening to a live recording from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. It's great to join with you today, today online and uh, all over the region, all over the world, actually. People are tuning in um, for these services uh, today. And uh, I, you know, I was during worship, and thank you, Tim, for um, bringing us into the presence of Jesus. Really powerful moment there. And I was thinking about um, the first time... Um, when I felt like God called me to be a preacher, um, I actually went out to uh, Klein Falls. It's a little area near near Bend here, and uh, and I prepared a message, a sermon, the whole thing, and I preached it to a group of trees. And uh, this is not all that different, actually, <laughs> as I'm speaking to an empty room, but knowing that there are thousands of people um, online engaging um, in community together, and just this unique season that we're in. And what a crazy season it is, isn't it? Um, I was, I'm, I'm trying to fill my, fill my uh, Facebook feeds and everything else with really good stuff because uh, it can be really hard otherwise. And so one of the, one of the things I, I saw was a great post on Facebook from one of our, our members here at Westside. Uh, she posted this, anyone else feel like life is being written by a fourth grader right now? <laughs> so, and this was, quote, and there was this virus and everyone was, was scared and then the world ran out of toilet paper. Yeah. And then there was no school for like a month and then it snowed. It's like, wow, that's that is exactly how it feels right now, like a fourth grader is writing our story. But seriously, in times like these, um, we can be um, overwhelmed with anxiety and fear and a lack of hope and discouragement. And um, we've been studying in the book of Luke, and it's just interesting to me the timing of where we find ourselves in. Um, I would say it's coincidence, but I actually don't believe in coincidence. I think the Lord has been uh, orchestrating in terms of where we're at in the text as we study today uh, for such a time as this. He knew that we would be here. Um, I don't think he caused us to be here, but I think he knew we would be here. And, uh, and what his word has to speak to us today um, regarding um, how we live in the midst of these trying times. Uh, Jesus has been talking uh, in, in this section of scripture. It's Luke chapter 17. If you have a Bible with you, you can go ahead and, and follow along there. But um, he's been talking a lot about the kingdom of God over the last several chapters. He's actually on his way to Jerusalem. Uh, he's, he's going to his death. He knows that he's going to be crucified in Jerusalem. And, and so he's, he's set his face toward Jerusalem. He's on his way there. And on his way there, he's talking a, a, a ton about the kingdom of God. And in Luke chapter 17, verse 20, he's been talking so much about the kingdom. Listen to this, the, verse 20, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. So Jesus is talking so much about it that the Pharisees, which is, was a religious group of people, they asked him, well, when is this supposed to happen? Because they had in their mind this idea that when the Messiah uh, would come, that he would take over. He would push out Rome. He would, um, he, he would establish his kingdom rule, like physically, tangibly. And so they're asking, so when is this going to happen? Like, Jesus, when is this going to take place? And, uh, and it's interesting how Jesus responds. You know, he, he talks about his return. He talks about he, him coming back. And, and we do believe in the return of Jesus, that, that he will come back one day. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a while since he said those words, that he'll return. It's been like 2,000 whiles. And it's really easy to get discouraged in the meantime. While we wait, it can be really hard. 
And the question I want us to kind of tackle today is how should we live while we wait? Because it's in the waiting that's hard. It's in the, it's in the wondering what is, what is God going to do in, in these times that, that that's the difficult place that we live in. And Jesus answered this question, like when is, when is your kingdom going to come? Jesus, when are you going to establish your kingdom rule? Because we've been waiting a really long time. And this is how he answers. And I think his answer then would be the same answer today. He says the kingdom kingdom of God is not coming in ways that you can observe. Nor will people say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Jesus is saying, you can't diagnose my return. He actually uses that word for observation. It's, an original, it's a Greek word in the original language that means uh, that doctors use to diagnose the, the, a disease based on the symptoms that they saw. And it's interesting, he uses that word and he says, listen, you, can't, you won't be able to diagnose when I will return based on everything around you. There's some clues, but you're not, don't spend your time thinking about that. Listen, the kingdom of heaven is right now. Now. It's in the midst of you. It's actually, Jesus is saying, you can grab it if you want. It's, you can take hold of it. It's at hand. And then Jesus tells four stories. He tells several stories in this section, but four of them specifically answer this question of how do we live while we wait? How do we live while we wait for his return? How do we grab onto the kingdom right now in the midst of of our situation. So four stories. He talks about a widow, he talks about children, he talks about um, a rich uh, leader, and he talks about uh, a nobleman. So let's dive into this. Luke chapter 18, um, the first story, the widow. It says in verse 1, and he told them, Jesus, a parable. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And then he tells this story about this widow who uh, was experiencing injustice in her life. Life hadn't been fair for her. And so she comes to this judge who Jesus in the story says is, a, is an unjust judge. And he doesn't want to hear her case. And he keeps pushing her away. And she keeps coming back over and over and over again. She is persistently coming back to the judge asking for justice. And Jesus says this. And eventually the judge grants her justice because, man, he just wanted to get, a, get, get her out of his hair, right? But this is what Jesus says. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, Jesus says, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, let me just hang out there with the nevertheless, nevertheless for a second, because how many of you have ex are or have experienced injustice? Maybe you're in this season right now, you're going, this is not just, this is not fair, it's a global pandemic, um, what have we done to deserve this, and all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on and on and on. And Jesus is saying that God will give justice to us speedily, but then he uses this word nevertheless, it's almost like, but even if you don't experience justice speedily, even if, you're, if, even if you don't think like God is, maybe you even think God is unjust like this judge is. Nevertheless, when I return, when the Son of Man comes, Jesus says, will I find faith on earth? 
even though we might experience injustice and even though we might experience uh, a life that isn't fair, Jesus is challenging us to think about faith. How are we going to still believe in God? This widow was so persistent. She just kept coming back. And, and sometimes in times like these, we, we just tap out. We're like, God has forgotten us. God doesn't care about us. And, I, and if, he's doesn't, if he doesn't care about us, I don't care about him. And Jesus is telling us to go the other, the other way. Come back to Jesus. Come back to God. Keep pressing in. Keep being persistent in prayer. Keep asking God for justice to be shown in our day and in our time. And when you don't see justice, keep coming back and asking for justice. Never stop coming back, pressing in, persisting in prayer. That, that's church, that's how we should be spending the majority of our time in isolation and quarantine is seeking God and asking for his move to be persistent in prayer. There's a, a movement beginning to happen among Christians globally where people are starting to take three days, just three days in any given week, and fast and pray, and asking God to move. Let's not be apathetic. Let's not tap out on God. Let's just keep coming back to him. Don't lose heart. And the second story that Jesus says is a story of some children. I, I talk a lot about uh, this particular narrative in, in the teaching of Jesus because there was these kids that were coming to, to, to Jesus. Parents were bringing their kids so Jesus would bless the kids. And the disciples were like, wait a second, this, do you guys know who he is? He's way too important for this. Send the kids away. And Jesus rebukes them. And he says, let the little children come to me. Look at verse 16. It says, Jesus called them to him. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. You know, a, a few weeks ago we had uh, what we call parent ed talks where um, we, we, we bring in some uh, experts in the field of family and parenting. And we had a woman in our church, Judith, she's a counselor here in this region. And she, um, and she talked about the levels of anxiety that exist in our kids today. And um, I mean, four, five and six year olds are experiencing intense anxiety. It's just, it's just hard to believe. And now we're in this season and, and the anxiety level. And I was thinking about how, how, how our kids are already carrying a lot And childlikeness needs to start with us adults. We need to refan something in us of, of childlike joy and, and expectation and a sense of wonder and adventure and and, and then to extend that to the children around us. I love what Isaiah the prophet writes that you will keep him in perfect peace. God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. One of the premier characteristics of a child is trust. You know, one of the most surprising things that happened just after my oldest son died three years ago is the laughter that would spontaneously erupt 
just days after his death, and it almost felt wrong, you know? And, but it, I came to discover that laughter and joy was part of our healing. It was part of us, of God restoring us back to health. My, one of my prayers is, lately especially, is let that the joy of your salvation would be all over me, God, that the joy of my salvation would be something that, that drives me and becomes part of who I am and, 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 that, and that the world and all that happens around us can't steal my joy because my joy isn't based on circumstances around me, but it's based on the faithfulness of God. We can't allow this crisis to steal our joy. So don't stop laughing playing, enjoying. If you stop, start again. Childlikeness. The third story is of a rich leader, and I've talked actually quite a bit about this story this past year, and I don't, I'm not going to spend too much time here, but in verse 29, um, this rich leader, there's this rich leader that comes to Jesus, and he's like, um, Jesus, I've followed all the law, I've done everything I'm supposed to do, is there anything else I'm supposed to do? And Jesus says, yeah, sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And he's like, what? You know, and, uh, and so he walks away sad because he, he can't do that. Um, he's so attached to uh, the things of this world. And, and, what, and I love what Jesus says uh, to his disciples after this guy walks away. He says, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. Now, this is kind of confusing because some, might, some have thought that, well, Jesus is telling us, one, that he wants us to live in poverty, he doesn't want us to be wealthy, and two, that we need to, get, we need to like, be willing to get, you know, walk away from family. And, and that's not what Jesus is saying here. I mean, there's plentiful evidence that there were wealthy people in the early church and that they didn't, they didn't like, you know, turn their backs on their family at all. So what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that, the, that sometimes it's hard to follow Jesus. It's hard to live the way of the kingdom. It's, it's hard to live while we wait when we are so attached to the things of this world. When we put our hope in the stock market, when we put our hope in the government, when we put our hope in the health system, listen, when we, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that for those entities and those, the systems in our country to work well for the people, but I don't put my hope in those things. My hope is in God as the one who can sustain me, as the one who can help me walk through trouble and trial. He's the one that will be with me in the middle of it. See, a kingdom perspective rather than a worldly perspective. Sometimes we get caught up in the world's way of thinking. Thank you, media, for helping us get caught up in, 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 the, in, in, in the craziness of this world. And what happens is it breeds fear. We're already afraid. Just the very fact of this disease, this pandemic that's global and how quickly it is spread. I mean, we don't need any help in being afraid, but when we attach ourselves to this world and that's all we're inputting, having input into us, it breeds fear, even more fear. And then Jesus says, will there be faith on the earth? After all this, while you wait, while trouble comes, will, will I find faith here even after? This is the time for us to choose faith over fear, to trust God, to hold on to him like a rock that he is. Uh, I follow a guy named Jim Stevens. He has a, a, 
a devotional he does every single day called Grace Notes. And, and uh, the last six days he's been talking about faith over fear and, and, uh, and helping us understand how to live that because this, this is not easy. This is deep waters to ha- have faith uh, overwhelm our fear and let us and, and life be about faith rather than fear. And so he's written several articles. You can find it at resourceministries.org. Maybe online host, maybe you can just type that in right now um, for the people that are online. Resource Ministries, one word, dot org. And you can find his grace notes there. And I think they'll encourage you. You can sign up, have it delivered into your email every single day. Well, the fourth story is found in Luke chapter 19. It's, it's a, a nobleman. And Jesus tells this, this made-up story about this nobleman who, who travels uh, who travels away and, and kind of gives his his resource to uh, his his uh, servants. In, in verse eleven, it says, "As they heard these things, uh, he proceeded. Jesus proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. There, that is, there it is again. That they were waiting. They thought, oh, he's going to Jerusalem. This is it.' And Jesus was like, "No, this isn't it. Let me tell you this story." And he said, "Therefore, here's the story." A nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. And so Jesus is talking about himself, this nobleman who's going to, who's going to go away, right? And then he's going to come back again one day. And in verse 13, so he called 10 of his servants and he gave them 10 minas, just the currency of that day, and said to them, engage in business until I come. And so then it tells the whole story. And, and I'm not going to take the time to tell you the whole story. You can read it on your own. But the focus of the story is in one of these servants that instead of investing the money, which the other servants did, and they, one servant uh, doubled uh, the 10 minas, one, um, you know, got five back and so there was there was this idea of reproducing this idea of like oh, I, I invested what I had and 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 there was a return on that investment but there was this one servant and the focus of the story is on this one servant who who is afraid of the nobleman and because of his fear he decides to hold he decides just to take that the 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 the, the minas that he has and not do anything with them and when the nobleman returns um, he gets a report from everybody, and this one says, yeah, I, I was afraid of you, and so I just, I just held it back because I didn't want to lose what you'd given me. And, uh, and so the nobleman isn't happy with this guy, and he takes what he has and gives it to one of the others. And, and what Jesus is doing here in telling this story is that, you know, when fear engages our hearts, it locks us up. It causes us to, like the one guy on the news that bought 18,000 bottles of, of hand sanitizer, it causes us to hoard. It causes us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. It causes us to be less than human. It's interesting, the early church always went in the other direction. They were known for their acts of love during plagues and pandemics. They stepped into the mess of death and disease. Even some of them like getting the disease and dying from it. I mean, stories like this. And by the way, one act of love right now is staying home so that those that we do love don't get sick. Uh, Bobby Grover, uh, the owner of Thump Coffee here in, in Bend, um, dear friend of mine, and he, he put on his, on his webpage, the, kind of the landing page of Thump Coffee, He wrote this, how do we live out our mission as a company and still provide not just jobs for our staff, but the greater needs of our community? 
Community is a feeling. It's being part of something much bigger than ourselves. We as citizens, I love that word citizens, are a part of that. A good citizen does not take from a community, but gives back to it. Ask yourself, what can I do to give back to our community, especially in times of need? As citizens, we all have special gifts and talents. What are ours and how can we use them right now? What a great question for all of us to ask in this moment. You know, our pastoral care teams and our discipleship teams, they are, they've decided to call everyone that's 70 and older in our church, that's about 400 plus people, and asking them simply, how are you doing? How can we pray for you? Um, is there any, can we help you connect to services online? Can we help you connect to resources um, that are out there? Can we, do you need a shopping buddy? Um, and they are, you know, over the next two weeks, they're going to be calling every single person over 70 in our church, and they're building a team. And what an amazing opportunity for people in our church to rally together and say, no, I want to be, be part of that team. Or maybe it's um, simply praying. Being persistent in prayer and praying for your neighbors and praying for your coworkers, praying for businesses, um, praying for the for churches in our community. I was I was out on a bike ride uh, and yesterday and uh, on a motorcycle ride and I went through Prineville and uh, the, our pastor there, uh, part of our denomination, his name is Brian Carmack, and he was stuck in Uganda these last two weeks and and he barely was able to get back. But of course he's in quarantine and all of that. And um, and I just went as I was riding through Prineville, you know, I just started praying. I started praying. And that God would, would uh, uphold that church and that would, and it would, it would overshadow Brian and his family. And prayer matters, making sure that we take steps of engagement as much as we can in this season of helping others, even if it's simply prayer. How can we use what we have, our time or our treasure or our talents, to help others this week? Be creative. Well, this is how we live while we wait. This is how we live while we take hold of the kingdom right now. How we live into the way of Jesus in the midst of this present reality. Be persistent. Pray and keep praying and don't lose heart. Be persistent. Be childlike. Trust. Dream. Laugh. Play. Adventure. Be kingdom oriented. This world is temporary. Don't put your hope in it. Put your hope in God. Be investing intentionally. Remember that we still have a mission right now to extend the life and love of Jesus to our world, and we're going to have to be creative in how we do that right now. You know, we've, uh, we're going to post some questions for further conversation. Many of our blue groups um, have rightfully decided to go digital right now, and I think that's a good decision where they're meeting through Zoom and different other resources that are out there that they can connect online. Um, and so in community, still we want to we build community. We just have to be creative about it. Um, I want you to be discussing these three questions this week. Um, these are things that you can kind of dig into. And so you'll see them online. Uh, they'll be in the notes section on Facebook Live as well. But let me just read them right now quickly. One, is it important to keep the return of Jesus in our hearts and minds in times like these? Why or why not? Two, what ways are you too attached to this world's way of thinking? And explain that. Dialogue about that. Three, Share ideas of how we can use what we have to help others this week. 
Some great discussion questions. Make sure you dive in and discuss those things. Well, I want to finish with another feel-good story because I need those this time of uh, this season that we're in. Um, last week, a family called uh, the West Side office here needing help um, with food and supplies. And so we made, we made arrangements to give a gift card to Fred Meyer for them and, and uh, suggested they, they visit a webpage that uh, someone started here in Bend. I think it's actually gone all over the world now in terms of these websites kind of popping up in communities called Pandemic Partners. It's a Facebook page. And, uh, and so she did that. She got on Pandemic Partners and, and this was her, her post and the response that came from it. She wrote, she wrote, stressed. <laughs> I've been searching for a few things my family needs. I spent the last $3 on gas and still only have 10 miles till empty again. I feel terrible even asking for some help as I know we all need it. I've called Fan today. I've left a message. I called Westside Church waiting for a grocery card. Our family needs lactose-free 2% milk, meat, hamburger, bacon, chicken, diaper size 6, can only be Huggies overnights, wipes, Huggies, cocoa butter, shea butter, shampoo, conditioner, body soap, lotion, and guess what? Toilet paper. Um, in my, I'm trying my hardest, she writes, never to give up. So stay above during this crisis. If I can assist or help you or, or this community, I will gladly do my best. Just ask. Thank you for reading. You all are appreciated and loved. I was curious uh, to see how, if anyone would respond um, to this woman within one hour. Within one hour, 27 people had responded to her need. People asking her for her Venmo uh, name so that they could send her cash. People private messaging her. People uh, sending her referrals uh, for resources. People sending her words of encouragement. Listen, this, this, this tells me that the kingdom is at hand and people are living into it. People are living into the way of Jesus, and, and all of us can do something this week to live into the way of Jesus by being persistent in prayer, by being kingdom-oriented, by being less attached to this world, by being childlike, by investing our time into others. So Jesus, Lord, help us. Help us in this season to not lose hope. Help us in this season to have faith and not fear. Lord, help us in this season to not hoard and be self-centered, but help us to always keep the other in our hearts and in our minds and in our actions. Jesus, help us to be creative in how we connect and serve. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for all the churches. We're praying, Jesus, for a move of your spirit across this world in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me finish by just reading this scripture over you and over us. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.